Hello and welcome to all our listeners. You're listening to Welcome to Leipzig, the podcast all about your trip to the beautiful city of Leipzig. Just like in the last episodes, we're wandering the Leipzig music trail with you. In case you missed it, the music trail is a five kilometer long path exploring Leipzig's most historically relevant music venues. Today we're visiting the 18th spot on that trail, namely the Bach Museum. Your listeners should already be able to hear one of Bach's works in the background right now. As always, I'm not alone on this journey. With me is my colleague Lucas, and we're already standing in the organ room, one of the most interesting parts of the Bach Museum. Hi, Lucas. Hi, Paula, and hello to our listeners. Today, we're taking you on a tour through the Bach Museum, where we hope to learn more about the world-famous composer, his personality and life in Leipzig and in general. Many have heard of his famous works from the Baroque period, such as the Brandenburger Concertos, the Goldberg Variations, or the St. Matthew Passion. Yet, there is more to discover, and to guide us on this expedition today, we are going to meet Kerstin Wiese, the director of the Bach Museum, who will show us around the house. And while we're waiting for her, Paula, I'm going to jam a little bit on the organ. Oh my God, please don't. I don't think we're allowed to touch that. Welcome to Leipzig, the podcast for your trip to Leipzig. With us right now is Kerstin Wiese, the director of the Bach Museum. Hello, Mrs. Wiese. Thank you so much for having us today and showing us around the museum. Yeah, you're very welcome here. Thank you. <laughs> so, we're in a room with an organ. This is an historical organ on which Bach played. Exactly. This is an organ console. It's the last relic of an organ we do have, a Bach organ we do have here in Leipzig. So. All other instruments Bach played here in Leipzig don't exist anymore, but this organ console stood in St. John's at Bach's time in 1743. He sat on the bench and played this instrument. Wow. So this is one of our most wonderful exhibits here in the Bach Museum. Yeah, it really has a, it looks like it has a very special place in this museum. But as far as I know, there's even more instruments that we can see and kind of explore here. Where should we go next? Yes, next uh, door is a room about Bach's orchestra and that's room we will. Okay, let's okay. go now. Let's go. Through the curtain. So here's a heavy curtain. Mm -hmm. We have to go through it because this is a room with sound in it. Oh, exciting. Okay. So the first thing you can see is this, I don't know, like a... Double bass. Like yeah. a double bass. Yeah. Looks like a double bass. And it's a huge instrument and it was used in Bach's orchestra. So Bach took it and could give it to one of his instrumentalists. It's very interesting um, instrument, historical instruments from St. Nicholas Church. And moreover, it's possible to listen to the sounds of the instruments here. So we have a lot of instruments in the display case, but you mm -hmm. also can go around the room and press buttons and 
highlight the sound of instruments such as the violin we can see here in the display case. So it's not a double bass, it's a violin? It's a violin. Okay. Yes, exactly. Okay, here's the organ. No, oh, that's not playing at no, the moment. That's because there's, there's no light. There's no light. Okay. So that's typical for an instrument. Not everybody is playing yeah. always. Bach normally had small orchestras, and um, the light shows you um, the people who are members of the orchestra in this moment. Has this been recorded uh, especially for this room? Exactly. Okay. Here in uh, in our building, it's a so-called. Bose House, it's a, a building in which friends of the Bach family lived in his day, and we have a wonderful um, concert hall, the summer hall, and that was the room where we recorded all this different uh, music. Here in this display case you can see all the different instruments that were played back then, but they don't really exist like this anymore today, right? What happened to them? Like, How did they progress, maybe? Yes, there were, there were a lot of uh, developments um, with the musical instruments, and a lot of these instruments which used Bach in his um, pieces of music don't exist anymore. Um, the orchestra, yeah, it's just the development of the um, mm -hmm. musical instruments. And I think this is really interesting in this room to um, learn more about really the historical instruments uh, which Bach used. Yeah, so this is a taste of how it uh, used to sound back then. Exactly. Hmm? Maybe it's also interesting that we have all exhibition texts in German and English. Great. So everything is yeah, bilingual right. here in our Bach Museum and we have audio tours in 11 different languages. Okay. So, so there's something for Many everybody. people yeah. can have a tour in their own mother tongue. Okay. Speaking of tour, let's get going to the next room. Through the curtain again. The next curtain. Traces of family life. That's the next room. Yeah, that's a room about um, Bach's family. We have a family tree here. Bach married twice. His yeah. first wife had seven children and died when she was 35. And then married Bach Anna Magdalena Wilke, who was a sopranist at Kürten Court. And she had 13 children. And were those children musicians as well? Um, four sons. Um, became musicians and uh, exactly we don't have much information about the family life mm -hmm. but one idea in this room is to learn more about the sources and for example we have some interesting sources here some yes. letters yeah black books yeah black books this is called overprotected Over yeah what you can find is a letter of application for his son, Wilhelm Friedemann. Mm -hmm. Wilhelm Friedemann wanted to um, become organist in Dresden, so he needed a letter of application. Interestingly, not he himself wrote the letter, but his father. Mm -hmm. It's all in the handwriting of his father's, even the signature. Okay. <laughs> and Wilhelm Friedemann was 22 at this time. So, so maybe he, he was overprotected. Yeah. Yeah. We don't know exactly. But, so we have some hints about the family life, the private life. 
But there's another room where we learn a bit more about the Bach's life in Leipzig, the city that we are talking about in this podcast, obviously. So maybe that's the next station for us. Yeah. That's the room about Bach in Leipzig, and you can see a huge map on the floor. This is Leipzig. In 1723, the year when Bach came to Leipzig, a lot of media stations here. So you will learn about all the different places where Bach um, performed music, mm -hmm. was uh, a teacher at oh, St. Yeah, Thomas's okay. School, and other things. So very interesting uh, information here. And then maybe the most wonderful thing here in the room is the view through the window because. It's the view to, into St. Thomas's Square. Yeah. Opposite is St. Thomas's Church. The place where Bach performed his music. And there is another building, and that's the place where St. Thomas's School stood, mm -hmm. and Bach himself had his apartment in the school. The Cantor lived in the school with his family. Unfortunately, the school was torn down in 1902. But we have the, the, the building which was built after the demolition of the old school. And here in the museum, you can see a wonderful model mm -hmm. of the school from Bach's time. And you can see what the, all the different rooms were used mm -hmm. for. Yeah. Uh, photographs of the historical building. And then here in the model, you can see for example, two dormitories for the members of the choir. 55 boys between 12 and 20 who lived there. Then a lot of classrooms. Then Bach's composing studio next door to one of the classrooms. Mm -hmm. So he lived there with his yeah. huge family. Uh, his son once said, it's like a dove cut. Mm -hmm. And then many boys. <laughs> so I... Normally, if you, if you think about a composer nowadays, they need yeah, quiet, ambience. And <laughs> in his time, it was always life around him, yeah. and he had to compose and to work always. So it's Maybe he profited off of all this turbulence around him. Maybe that was inspiring to him. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe it was <laughs> the only know. way to, to yeah. flee the chaos of the house. Yeah. Probably. Mm -hmm. I think he also worked at night. Yeah, mm -hmm. makes sense. And uh, which was difficult was the light in, in his day. Yeah. They had great problems with his eyesight, mm -hmm. so he was always not more or less blind when he died. Did he have an implement like uh, glasses to sharpen his view? Uh, or he, had a, he had a terrible operation at the end of his life and it. Hmm. Didn't go Didn't well. Okay. work well. So afterwards he died. Oh gosh. Oh, okay. <laughs> we, well. we don't want to think about no. this <laughs> operation about that. at that time, but this was a try to... Because as a composer, of course, you need your eyesight to, yeah. to write down uh, your music. We saw in a room that we passed uh, coming here that Bach used to work at a lot of different courts. Um, but in the end, he was still drawn to Leipzig, where he lived until the end of his life, basically. Uh, what do you think drew him to the city? I think there are 
many reasons which were interesting for him. One thing was Bach was uh, uh, Leipzig was a very important city of music. It's a long tradition. He knew it, and he could expect very good situation conditions for his musical life here in Leipzig. Then, very practical, his sons could go to university here in Leipzig, which wasn't possible in Kuten. Um, and maybe it's also his family tradition. He uh, grew up in Eisenach, and there was also a similar surroundings. So um, I think for him it was very familiar to have such a um, position as a St. Thomas's cantor. And this was not just one cantor, it was more or less the most important cantor in, uh, in Germany. So mm -hmm. it was a very important um, position he had here in Leipzig. The fact that Bach is such an important musician isn't really a coincidence because as we know he comes from a very long lineage of musicians that you can also see in one of the other rooms and I would suggest that we go there next. Yes, we can go Good idea. to another family tree. Okay, the origin of the musical Bach family is what it says on this display thing right here. And there's a lot of generations of Bachs, as I can see. Yeah, that's a huge family tree. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All male, though. <laughs> 53 male members of the family. Only male members because Bach himself uh, gave us the information about this family tree. He wrote a paper and gave us a short biographies of 53 male members of the family. And you can see a lot of musicians, mm -hmm. organists, court musician, town musician. And uh, for us, it was interesting to show the tradition they came from. And you can listen some pieces of music. Yeah. Here, I, a person named Johannes, Johann, mm -hmm. and there is a light. So the music you can listen to. Uh, you can tell who's playing by the light that is exactly. uh, shining now it's switch, behind Now it's Heinrich Bach's music. Now it's Heinrich, another piece of music, and now you have the light behind Heinrich. Heinrich. It's interesting because it starts with one person. This is something like a legend. So you needed some person at the beginning. Okay. And fight is important because fight uh, was in Hungary and had to... Um, go to another part, to, to the middle part of Germany because he was um, Protestant mm -hmm. and he didn't want to become uh, Catholic. So he had to escape, to flee, uh, to another country and to came here um, to our um, region. Yes, and then the generation of the son, there are the most people and later on we had another musical structure in Germany, so there are no um, musical families such as the Bach family in the okay. later 19th century. We don't have it anymore. We're um, basically back at the entrance to the museum. There's a, a big staircase, but downstairs there's even more to explore. Shall we go there next? 
Yes. So we take the stair, but you also could take the lift. The whole museum is uh, barrier-free? Uh, we have a lot of um, offers for disabled people. For example, our um, audio guide or media guide. We have um, a version for uh, visually impaired people, a version in easy language, German easy language, and in sign language. We also have um, things for people with hearing aids and information for people who are autistic, but that's mostly in German. So for example, for the international guests, it's interesting that you can uh, connect the audio guide to your hearing aid device and listen uh, to the tour through your hearing aid. So this audio guide looks like a cell phone. Um, what else can you do with that audio guide? We have a lot of um, pictures in it. You can zoom uh, the sheets of music, for example. There is a portrait of uh, Jace Bach with a piece a sheet of music in his hand mm -hmm. and you can listen to this sheet of music for example. Wow, that sounds so cool. Maybe we'll okay. have to yeah. try that out later, but now, as you already mentioned, we're going to the treasure room. I really like the lighting in here. It's like emerald green. The treasure room. Here we um, show our most important um, precious items, original Bach manuscripts, and we um, change our items here twice a year, so you will see every time other pieces of music here. Very important in Leipzig are Bach's cantatas. Yeah. He is, Cantor St. Thomas is here to perform every Sunday a cantata, and in his first Leipzig years, he composed cantata cycles. So for every Sunday of the ecclesiastical year, one mm -hmm. piece of music. Mm -hmm. um, every work, every week, a new cantata, which is amazing. And they're all and here? We, we show one complete set of parts of uh, one cycle. We have uh, the choral cantata cycle here at the Leipzig Bach Archive, and you will see here in one long mm -hmm. display case one of his um, cantatas, all the performance materials for the singers and the orchestra. One of the most striking aspects of this room is obviously the portrait of Johann Sebastian Bach. What can you tell us about this portrait? This is the only motive we really know this is Johann Sebastian Bach, because we know the painter, Elias yeah. Gottlob Hausmann, and he painted Bach in Leipzig, 1746. And then he shows himself as a learned composer. So in his hand you see a sheet of music with three staves of notes. Looks simple, but it is very, very complex. And our duty as visitors is to complete this canon, as a puzzle canon. And then in our media guide, you, we have a solution for this riddle. Interesting. Okay. That's, that's quite nice.
then we have to get to work, maybe. Lucas, you studied musicology, maybe you can <laughs> help us. <laughs> a couple of years ago, yeah. <laughs> maybe this room, uh, the treasure room of this museum, is a good place to end this tour today. Thank you so much, Mrs. Wiese, for taking the time and showing us the museum. Yeah, thank you so much for visiting us. Thank you as well for the tour. It was very interesting and uh, I might even try, try the riddle. There's lots more to explore for visitors coming here to this museum, not all of which we can explore today, especially because we already have our next appointment waiting for us in the library. Mr. Michael Maul has taken some time out of his day to talk to us today, even though he has lots to do with the organization of the Bach Fest. So let's get going. Hello, Mr. Mao. It's nice to meet you. Thank you for taking the time to tell us a little bit about the Bach Archive and the Bach Museum. Yeah, warm welcome. I'm happy to have you here. Thank you very much. We're here in the beautiful library of the Bach Archive of Leipzig. Just off the top of your head, what was one of the pieces of literature in here that has inspired you the most? Uh, it's really hard to answer this question because, okay, Bach literature, okay, there are tons of books about Bach. And it's always fascinating how people who were infected by Bach's music uh, tried to um, write and talk about Bach to give an expression of their, of their enthusiasm about Bach's music. And uh, yeah, there, there, there are tons of books. But uh, on the other hand, in this room, we also have uh, the um, edition of the collected works of J.S. Bach, the so-called Neue Bach-Ausgabe, which was published by our institution in the last 70 years. It's about 120 volumes, and I couldn't decide which volume to pick uh, when I'm uh, trying to, to find my favorite work by Bach, because there are maybe 20 favorite works by Bach minimum I have in mind, so uh, Maybe for someone who just want to get uh, in touch for the very first time with Bach's music, I would recommend maybe to listen to the Brandenburg Concertos uh, because this is such vivid music and such crazy music. It's like sometimes like like rock and roll or or, or heavy metal. <laughs> yeah. So because it's it it is so intense. Or on the other hand, I mean, maybe for people who, are, who believe more in vocal music, a piece like the St. Matthew Passion is immortal, or the B minor mass. So, uh, but there are many, many other favorite works by him. It's, it's really hard to decide what, which is the best. And, and I'm sure if you ask 10 people, 10 Bach lovers, you will get 10 different answers. Yeah, yeah, I figured, I mean, This is, we're standing in a relatively big room full of books that are only about Bach, right? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, the whole building is full of appreciation, love for Bach. It kind of breathes Bach. It's a little Bach universe. Um, and when you walk by outside, of course, you can see the statue and so forth, but you can't really tell that there's so much knowledge and uh, all of this in this room. So once a year, you carry this out into the city, right? With the Bach Fest? 
you organize yes. it. Yeah. So Could you tell us a little bit about that? <laughs> yeah, the Bach Fest, that's an annual festival taking place every year in June, starting on the first Friday of June, ending the Sunday week after. And um, yeah, we are organizing the Bach Fest. So the, the Bach Archive as the leading research institute um, is in charge for the Bach Fest. And I'm the intendant of the festival and I'm also a Bach scholar. So I'm doing Bach research on the one hand. On the other hand, I try to uh, give all the results of my research into the festival's program in order to to create a program that makes every Bachian in the world, causes for every Bachian in the world, um, a strong reason to travel to Leipzig in June, year by year. And that's a fantastic chance because um, in these uh, 10 days we try to provide a program which really um, impresses Bachians, no matter where they are living. So we are trying to, to um, book many of the most important Bach interpreters. Um, we are trying to good uh, we are trying to provide interesting programs, sometimes cycles of something like 10 concerts in, 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 in three days, only to make sure that a Bach lover in San Francisco or in Tokyo feels the strong need to buy the ticket now uh, to travel to Leipzig. And it works quite well because um, we are a very international yeah. festival. So um, talking about internationality, um, I... I can say in the last three or four years, it was typical that we uh, welcomed visitors for, uh, from 40 countries minimum, wow. which is really international. And uh, the, the, the by far biggest group of, of guests, apart from the Germans, uh, are Americans. So Americans are crazy about Bach. And we are trying to make uh, Bach accessible as good as possible. On the one hand, with the Bach stage, uh, with this crossover thing. On the other hand, we are not only um, offering concerts, we are also offering um, pre-concert talks by the Bach experts of our institution. Uh, we are having lectures or we are, having, um, we are giving opportunities to the audience, asking us their urgent questions about Bach. So we are trying yeah, to, to help everybody who believes in Bach or who, who is interested in Bach. And you can get more information on uh, bachfestleipzig.de, right? Correct. Okay, as a final question, we've been talking about the Bach bug or the Bach virus, um, that it catches you, once it catches you, it doesn't let you go anymore. When did it catch you? Or was there a certain piece of music or a certain time in your life when you got to know Bach? Yeah, it already happened uh, in my childhood. So. Um, I had a father who was a believer in Bach's music. He, he was actually a mathematics. That probably makes sense, right? <laughs> yes and no, but, but he loved to play the piano and his two gods of music were Beethoven and Bach. And uh, at a very early uh, stage in my life, he tried to generate an enthusiasm for Bach's music uh, in his son, so uh, therefore I had to learn the violin and he told me stories about Bach and he went with me to the church for performance of St. Matthew Passion or Be Minor Mass and to be honest the first uh, performances I experienced of St. Matthew Passion, a piece which is about 
three hours long um, and I was six or seven years old and I, it was really boring for me. I mean, sitting in, in a church is, is not very convenient. Yeah? And uh, my, my, my feeling was that this passion lasts not only uh, three hours but 18 hours or so. But then the more I listen to this music and the more I get an understanding of this music, <laughs> the piece for me became shorter and shorter and more interesting. And, and now when I'm listening to St. Matthew Passion, I have the impression it's only 12 minutes. <laughs> and uh, so in short, yeah, it already happened when I was a child. And I was fascinated by this guy on the portrait with the sheet of music in his hand, with the famous Bach portrait. And, and then the more I became interested in his music and fascinated, the more I wanted um, to learn more about the, the man behind the music. And that's the reason why I ended up as a Bach scholar, yeah, doing my Bach research in old archives, uh, trying to figure out more about the man behind the music. And I have the fantastic opportunity also to create year by year an yeah, hopefully attractive Bach program which brings together Bachians from all across the globe here in the real Sebastianstadt, uh, so the city of Sebastian. By the way, that is a term of Felix Mendelssohn Bartholdi because he was one of these uh, strong believers in Bach's music. He used to call Leipzig, not Leipzig, but Sebastianstadt, the city of Sebastian, of his hero, Johann Sebastian Bach. Yeah, to me, it definitely yeah. seems very attractive to go to that <laughs> festival one day. So I feel like, Lucas, we definitely have to go this year. And that's it for now. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you Thank for you having me. you here. And I hope to see you soon in the festival. 100%. See you there. <laughs> see you. Bye-bye. Well, that was quite interesting. So, what else do you want to see? There's one last spot that I would like to explore before we end our day in the Bach Museum, which is the garden. Okay, that sounds good. Let's go. This is a nice place in the middle of the inner city and really quiet. And the weather is beautiful today, so let's sit down for a second and yeah. soak in the sun. So, what do you think? I gotta say, I'm quite impressed. I never really thought of myself as a fan of classical music. I think music class in school kind of ruined it for me. But this podcast so far has really been teaching me otherwise because. Um, Especially the Baroque music isn't boring or dead or anything, but very much alive and thriving today. And you can really see that here in the Bach Museum. Yeah, and at the Bach Fest, as it seems. I haven't been there yet, although I've lived here for two years, but it's definitely a must-go for me. Yes, for sure. I'll definitely be going to the Bach Festival next time, and I hope your listeners will be going too. If you're interested, feel free to join us on our journey along the Leipzig Music Trail in the other episodes of this podcast. You can find all information on the website leipzig.travel. But for now, goodbye. Thank you for listening and until next time. Goodbye. See you next time.
Welcome to Leipzig, the podcast for your trip to Leipzig.